As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm drinking, and I'm making a TikTok video, because <laughs> I'm drunk, and that's my favorite time to do it, when I get drunk, look where I'm at, on the beach. Waiting for the sunset. Good morning, sweet Dort, and welcome to the All Dort Podcast on the Athletic Dort Network. It's Wednesday, April Dortteenth. I'm Jake Dort, <laughs> rolling this morning with the Top Shot Hot Dort, Trey Kirby. Hey, Dort. Hey. Hey, Dort. Dort. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, making the magic happen is Jay Dort. Hello. I don't have a Dort, sorry. <laughs> That's tough. There oh, man. Go. April Dort teeth. I don't think I'm going to forget <laughs> that for the whole day. Yeah, I had to get that out of my system for the stream team right now. Uh, just the three of us again here today, though Mr. What You Need to Know, Tass Mellis, will join us on the beach later this afternoon, 3 p.m. Eastern, live on YouTube. Lily won't, though, because he's still on vacation with his family. For the whole week. He's stepping on a real beach. So you know, his locks look crazy on the beach. Trey, did you see the photos that Roxy was posted of uh, of Lily with the boys playing around in the water? Uh, I haven't seen on the gram yet. I haven't been on the gram this morning, but we had a call yesterday. We were talking to each other. Uh, Lee tried to call in a couple of times, <laughs> and we did see the locks flowing out of like uh, a you know a bucket hat. I don't know yeah. another way to put it. My man was wearing a bucket hat. He looked like he was ready to be beach stepping. And yeah, I mean, he was letting those locks fly. Yeah. Oh, he he had just come off the beach. I would call that a sun hat. Like sure, a, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Is more of a brim on it, you know, like mm-hmm. a protective a protective brim. But he was he had salt water all over him. You could tell. <laughs> oh yes. You know, all over that sun shirt. And it was nice to know that someone had a worse Wi-Fi connection than I do, because uh, <laughs> yeah, his uh, hotel resort's Wi-Fi was not all that strong. <laughs> he could barely even talk to us. He was just standing there in a sun hat, uh, dripping wet uh, in his hotel room. But it was good to see him. Anyway, yeah, his locks look crazy. Wow, you're not kidding. The, They're like yeah, touching I mean, his uh, shoulders. <laughs> Yeah, uh, salt water though it does uh, wonders for the hair. It makes it look anybody's hair looks incredible coming out yeah, of that salt water. Yeah. Look at this guy. So JD, maybe uh, maybe go and try and find that photo yeah, while we while we get into it, uh, and we'll we'll circle back at the end. JD, try and bring that up. We'll, we'll see okay. Lee's uh, incredible hair there. Okay, 
Shout out to the stream team uh, joining us live on YouTube. Like, comment, and subscribe. Drop your dorts, of course, here on uh, April 14th. Um, email us your questions and comments for the next Beach Step and Podcast. No dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at no dunks inc. Uh, but again, stepping on the beach later today to read all of your emails and tweets, 3 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. And immaculate items always available for sale over at nodunks.com. I saw the stream teamer saying, we should have a Dort t-shirt. It's a great idea. I mean, even if it just says, all caps locks, exclamation mark, Dort. Dort! Right. Yeah. Uh, or, no dunks, all Dort. Also maybe works. <laughs> uh, eh, a little confusing. Uh, but funny. anyway, we'll figure it out. Uh, go to nodunks.com to get all of your No Dunks merch. Okay. We'll get to the games. We'll actually do a little beach tease because we had so many great questions. So we'll get to a few that didn't make or won't make later, uh, the later show. But we got another wedgie, and it's number 40. So it's a big one. It's of like sort of the tip variety. Kuzma with the shot, mm-hmm. and then that's uh, Montrez Harrell in there. Getting full credit for getting it stuck. Man, they do some great camera work with these wedgies. Eh? They mm-hmm. just cut to it right away. They're like, yeah, there it is. Get that close up. So, yeah, number 40 uh what this is like our fourth or fifth in the past couple of nights so we're rolling right now we're on pace for 58 we're gonna shatter the modern wedgie record you can lock that in i want to know uh trey and jd will we be celebrating just hitting 50 wedgies because that was always the goal or should we just wait at this point to celebrate you know the record-breaking wedgie which mm. correct me if i'm wrong would be 52 because 51 is yeah. the, the highest we ever know like what's a, what do you think trey i think we still got to celebrate 50 okay. and then we will re-celebrate once we whatever the the, the final record ends up being because i mean okay. if we're putting up uh wedgie number doherty here on april 14th like we should get over 52 you see the pace there 58 I think it's a little inflated right now because we've had a crazy week for wedgies uh, in these past, you know, seven to ten days or something like that. But, yeah, 50 is still a major accomplishment, right? It's like uh, if a baseball player were to hit 60 home runs, you're still getting excited about 60, even though they've got to hit however many to beat Barry Bonds. Okay. Yeah. I like that, J.D. Fair. You agree with that? Yeah. I do, but I think that we should – we made a bit of a mistake when we celebrated the 50 the last time because mm. we went – crazy like it was at the party to end all parties when that 50th came and then we got another one after and then it was just like oh yeah by the way we we got (laughs) so you know maybe a a small celebration and then wait for the record because we're gonna break we're gonna go we're gonna get 52 we have to right yeah i mean at this point at this rate i'm just I'm just trying to figure out, are we going to hit 52 before we even hit the playoffs? Wow. Because playoff wedgies count, you know, in all of this. Like, we're counting those to the uh, season total. But could we hit it before we even get there? In a shortened season, it would be special. Right now, just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the wedgie (laughs) up your butt crack (laughs) because it's incredible right now. Um, Okay, let's get to the games. We'll start with Tatum. Scoring 32 Really entertaining late game. Celtics edge the Blazers 116-115. Trey, where do you want to start with this one? You mentioned it, Skis. This was fun. Worth going back and watching the last minute. So let's start that there. Down two, about a minute left. Dame Lillard finds CJ McCollum in the corner. He knocks down the three on the other end. Jason Tatum goes. He draws a foul, hits a couple of free throws. Celtics now up by one. Lillard misses on the next Portland possession. The Celtics go to Tatum again. A massive three from the top of the key. A nice little sidestep right over C.J. McCollum. That thing looked nice. Celtics up four. 
but it's not over quite yet. Norm Powell hits an absolute bomb to pull Portland within one. There's about five seconds left. Celtics get it back. Marcus Smart goes to the line. He misses the first. Right. Misses the second on purpose. Yeah. With three seconds left. You know, it's a little risky uh, taking a chance that the Trailblazers could get the rebound, push it up court, and maybe hit a half-court shot. This is Dame Lillard we're talking about here. I wouldn't put anything past him. I saw him beat the Bulls on a three-pointer off a jump ball. He could do it, but <laughs> somehow the Celtics played great defense off the missed free throw. Made it impossible for Lillard. He chucks up a full quarter. Not even close. Celtics win. Celtics win. Shout out to the Beantown boys. All in all, though, a huge game for Tatum. You mentioned it. 32 points. He had eight in the fourth quarter including that back-breaking three, 10 of 17 shooting, nine boards, five assists. And I think it's fun to watch him and Carmelo Anthony have a good game against each other right. since they have such similar styles and they're players that are kind of compared to each other. Like we're saying, is Jason Tatum going to be um, the new Carmelo Anthony? And what's a, how is his playmaking going to de- develop in the future to maybe exceed what Melo did with the Knicks back in the day? Great stuff, though, from Tatum. Four straight wins. For Boston, they're now up to fifth in the Eastern Conference. And to me, the real key for this team right now is Robert Williams. They're 7-3, and three, the Celtics are, since the trade deadline. That's when Robert Williams moved into the starting lineup. Daniel Tice went to the Bulls. He had a nice game in that comeback against the Nuggets, and another one last night. 16 points, 7 rebounds, 8-12 shooting, 4 assists. Really nice from your center. Gives them a little bit of athleticism, some vertical explosion, a lob threat that you're not getting from Daniel Tice or really anybody else on their roster. He puts that pressure on the rim. They don't get from their perimeter players. Uh, Brad Stevens talked about it. There are a lot of times that the perimeter guys kind of go east to west, and Robert Williams is a downhill north to south player. Uh, So when he's able to have an impact underneath the rim and, you know, drawing defenders in towards the rim, that's great for the Celtics. When Robert Williams is able to stay on the court, when he's at his best, so are the Celtics. He was great last night. Tatum was great. Great performances, honestly, from the entire starting lineup for the Celtics. So a really nice win for the Beantown boys. Yeah, absolutely. I think Tatum, after the game, said, you know, they're trending in the right direction, which is no doubt true. They are heading up the Eastern Conference standings, and we've talked about it a million times. You have one good week, week and a half of basketball, especially in the East, and you're going from, you know, the 8th, ninth, or 10th spot all the way up to, what'd you say, 5th here as of mm-hmm. uh, as of Dort Day, <laughs> as we are now celebrating it. Um, but yeah, Robert Williams, he had a huge layup with like around the two-minute mark, and then he had another tip-in, too, that kept the Celtics in front. So like some timely baskets as well. Um, that was a big, big victory. A really fun game. Yeah, if you didn't watch that one live because it was late and you're on the East Coast or wherever you are in the world, go at least watch like the highlights for the final couple minutes, like Trey said, back and forth, big shot after big shot. Because it looked like the Celtics were going to like comfortably run away with it there, too. And of course, you know, the Blazers have a guy named Damon Lillard who's Lillard like, no, time. we're not going down without a fight. But Blazers have now lost five of their last seven. So they're going in the opposite direction of where the Celtics are going. But with that Tatum shot, Trey, the one that was the dagger, um, I know we got into the, the hijinks there of the missing sure. the free throw, and it was a good call by Brad Stevens. Like, he was, like, screaming at Smart after he missed the first one, like, <laughs> miss, 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 miss. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't enough time to obviously go the full length of the court and get a good look. But is that Tatum's signature move now, like that sidestep three? I mean, he goes to it all the time in, like, sort of clutch situations look at jd racking it up for us here like this is his i mean he's done this so many times and sometimes it banks in sometimes he misses it poorly yeah and then sometimes of course he uh, splashes i feel like it's sort of his signature clutch move at least 
It definitely is. Um, and it's not surprising. He's a good shooter and he's got size. So when there's a switch and you know yeah. he's got three or four inches on CJ McCollum, that's almost a guarantee that you're at least going to be getting a good shot up. And, you know, it can get frustrating watching perimeter players settle for jumpers. That's what it feels like a lot of the time. But it's also a thing where you are guaranteed to get a shot, right? Yes. Like There's not a guarantee if you're driving into the hoop. Maybe you don't get a foul call. Maybe somebody strips the ball as they, as they reach in to help on your drive, something like that. It's a... It's more of a sure thing that you're at least going to get a nice attempt up. And when you're a good shooter like Tatum and you've got that size advantage, like he doesn't even see CJ McCollum really no. challenging him. It's a almost an open shot for Jason Tatum. So he's got the handle for it. He's got the, the skills and the shot to be able to pull it off. Of course, you want him to go to the hoop sometimes, but I mean, that's going to be his bread and butter as it often is for a perimeter player. Yeah, if Lee was here, he'd be upset with that shot selection because he's always talking about uh, attack, attack, attack. And he's right, but that's a great point that you said. Like, you can attack, but things can happen because there's just more bodies and hands in there, and maybe there's a fumbling of the ball, and maybe you get fouled, but there's no whistle. You're just guaranteed to get your shot here. It's, it, it is Kobe-like. I will say with Tatum, Especially on like these sort of like game-winning attempts or the dagger ones, he really leans into the Kobe factor of leaning back. He <laughs> loves to create even extra space there by on the jump shot doing like the uh, classic Kobe fade. But whatever, he knocked it down and he was pretty special there. And the Celtics uh, are rolling because Jalen Brown had a decent game. Kemba, who's playing really, really well for them. So yeah, with Robert Williams as really their only... I mean, Tristan Thompson was okay in his spot minutes in this game because he could match up with the team like that. But uh, Robert Williams, if he could stay on the floor, yeah, they're a little different look and they're feeling good about themselves. All right, let's keep it going, though. Another team rolling. Paul George dominates the Pacers. Remember when he used to play for Indiana? It feels like 10 years ago. Uh, To help lead the Clippers to their sixth straight victory. So, uh, yeah, on a night where Tatum had it going, you sort of compared him to Camelo Anthony. Well, a lot of people throw out the uh, Tatum-Paul George comparisons at times, too. What do you think of PG? And he's just on a tear right now. No Kawhi in this uh, for the second game in a row, and he goes for 30-plus. On fire right now is exactly right. Four straight games for Paul George with 30 or more points, and I think he would be the unanimous MVP if he got to play the Pacers in Indiana every game. <laughs> Booed all night. Not a ton of fans there. Still went out and smacked him. 36 7 rebounds, eight assists, a couple of steals. Paul George is now 4-0 against the Pacers in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Uh, no Kawhi Leonard for the Clippers. Still an easy win, I thought, for L.A. Six straight now uh, for L.A. 4-0 with Rondo in the mix, and honestly, you can see the effects already because the ball is a-moving for the Clippers. They had 34 assists last night. They hit 13 threes. Those assists, man, those are huge. This is a middle-of-the-pack assist team with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They can obviously get into a lot of one-on-one battles where it feels like, you know, my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn. But when the ball is moving, they look a lot better. Paul George had a nice assist game. Five for Rondo, four for Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson, four for Luke Kennard, and four for Patrick Patterson? What? Like, I'm <laughs> surprised bad. to even see Patrick Patterson out there. I'm like, oh, yeah, Patrick Patterson. Still getting minutes, dishing the assists. Had four last night. Crazy. Uh, post-game, Paul George said the reads are getting easier because... Everybody can shoot, except for Zoo. I thought that was a hilarious line. He's like, we got a great shooting team, except for the big guy. So, you know, Shaq was dying laughing. He's like, nah, man, he's a beast in the paint, which he is. Zubats is a a double-double kind of guy, but he's not shooting threes. So bars from Paul George. The other thing I really liked from this game, uh, Terrence Mann caught an alley-oop on the fast break, and you could hear Ian Eagle perk up. He's like, that was a man! 
Man's Jam. So he had been good. waiting his entire career for a guy named Man to catch an alley oop <laughs> on the fast break so he could drop his signature phrase and have it mean something a little extra. Nice stuff from the Clippers. Great stuff from Iron Eagle. Yeah, I mean, PG was doing it all, right? He had the threes going. He had the, the stopping on a dime, hitting the step backs going. He had one of those. Uh, one of those was an alley-oop to Terrence Mann. He had another one, I think, too, as well. And then he had the double clutch, two-handed baseline dunk from Paul George. That was pretty. I mean, nice. you know, it's not a dunk on someone like we've seen over the last couple of days. We even had Caleb Martin uh, dunking on another guy last night for the Hornets uh, after Bridges had just done it, maybe the dunk of the year. But, like, the double clutch, like almost avoiding the block, is pretty damn special too. You could tell Paul George was even hyped about that one. He's like, "Oh yeah, that was that was pretty nice there." Um, so he's rolling. I have a question with Paul George because a lot of people don't care about him at all. They hate him actually. If we're being honest, are you like rooting for him at all in the playoffs? Because like we talk about Harden sort of having like a checkered, I guess, questionable playoff appearances at times, games at times where maybe he has uh, some disappointing ones. Chris Paul sort of gets lumped in there, too. Obviously not going far uh, to the finals or stuff like that, despite being a Hall of Famer. But, like, Paul George, like, went out with, what, shooting 4-16, like a dud of a Game 7 after they blew a 3-1 lead. I mean, it was pointer off the backboard. Yeah, it was bad, 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 bad. And, and again, he says a lot of things that people are left, like, scratching their heads. We've talked about it a million times. Like, uh, what are you doing, Paul George? Just, like, just play ball. You're not making it any better or easier on yourself with some of your comments sometimes. But, like... He could really use, like, an awesome postseason run, could he not here? Because he does, like, these stretches in regular seasons, and then at times it goes disappearing in the playoffs. Are you at all rooting for him in a weird... I don't know if that's the right way to put it, Are you but, trolling like, me right now? Well, no, I know Are you, you testing me? A I've little bit. I pledged this season. Nothing bad to say about Paul George. The book is written. Am I rooting for him, is right. what you're asking me? Yeah. You're a crazy man, Skeets. Okay. I'm happy to see him balling out. I do like when Paul George plays well because he's a fun player to watch when he's on fire. And like you're saying, he had that huge dunk on the same day as uh, as Miles Bridges. He mm. had this double clutch. You can tell he's in the in rhythm right now and he's feeling pretty good. The legs are there. The shot is there. I mean, he's a guy that can finish in the top five in MVP voting. Um, but there's going to be a spotlight on him in the playoffs. I've seen Paul George have a lot of great regular seasons, and it would be nice to see him follow that up with an incredible postseason to really shut me up. Yeah. Am I anticipating it? Only time will tell I took a pledge. Okay. Well, like Pierre here in the stream team, he says, Paul George is the most overrated, underrated player. Wrap your head around that one. Is there any truth to that, you think? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't okay. know. What am I supposed to tell you? I think Paul George is the most elite 3 and D player in the league. That wow. seems like a diss, but the guy's an incredible three-point shooter. He is an incredible defender as well. He can elevate his game to be a number one guy when, like, Kawhi Leonard is sitting out. But he is made as a number two guy. He is a mm. perfect number two to fit along another superstar who can... But he can obviously seize the reins when he needs to. Um, is he the most overrated underplayer? Underrated player? That's impossible to think of. Is he perfectly rated? Seems like it. Yeah. So he's like, you're basically saying, Ken, I mean, now this is really going to test you, but he's a Pippin light. Is that fair? Like, that's his best oh role, of course. I think you're trying to kill me here, Skeets. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on here. Now you're comparing yeah. Paul George to Scotty Pippin? Well, you just said, you just said he needs to be a second wing guy, yes. as, uh, you know, in, in terms of the ranking of a team. Obviously, Pippen was that. But 
We saw Pippen 2 go to next levels when Jordan wasn't there. The season he wasn't. And you called him a 3 and D guy. Now Pippen's not hitting the 3, but obviously a defensive like stud on that end. So I'm just making throwing it out here at you. Just seeing what you'll do to it. You're, I think you're it's speechless. Good, Ske- okay, Skeets. I, th- I think it's fair. I've said Paul George is a number 2 guy since Indiana. Pippen, one of the best number 2s of all time. So I will allow this. Okay. I will allow it. Oh, oh man, I'm, I'm feeling anxiety right now. My heart is like beating out of my chest with these questions you're asking me. Am I rooting for Paul George? And is he like a Chicago Bulls legend? What's next? Are you going to try and tell me that Paul George is the greatest basketball player in the history of Chicago? I don't think so. He's from <laughs> I, L.A. I would, or uh, Palmdale, at least. <laughs> I would dare not say that. I just think it's... Uh... Interesting to see the reaction, especially here in the stream team, to all of these Paul George comments and uh, me just asking you these hypotheticals. I am not uh, saying these are my hot takes. I'm just testing you. And we will see what Paul George can do come playoff time because really, again, I know I keep saying it, it doesn't really matter with Giannis and the Bucks, and it doesn't really matter with the Paul George and Kawhi and the Clippers, the regular season that is. Like, do it in the playoffs. Like, go as far as you're expected to go. And until you do that you're just always going to have these questions hanging over your head. And in Paul George's case, you're going to have a lot of uh, the haters coming at you uh, in the stream team included. They asked him post-game, would it be a disappointment if you don't make the finals this year? Remember after they lost last year, he said that that was not a goal. Winning a championship was not a goal, despite the fact that the Clippers were a super team. He did say, yeah, they anticipate being the last team standing. To me, that means he's talking about winning a championship, more so even than just advancing to the finals. What's a solid season for the Clippers? Is it making the conference finals or would that be a disappointment? Is making the finals the goal? At right. least? I mean, a championship, the ultimate goal, but a solid season, would that only be if they actually get to the NBA finals? Yeah, that's interesting. Like, is it finals or bust? I don't think so, oddly enough. Um, you know, look, you can't go drop in a, a 3-1 series lead. That yeah. would be a worst case scenario in whatever round that were to happen in. Um, I think conference finals with one hell of a war against whoever they're against is like a successful season if that's where they went out. But yeah, I mean, they should be, as we're seeing here, uh, one of the legit title contenders, especially with what happened to the Nuggets after mm-hmm. uh, Jamal Murray's injury. I mean, that does open it up a little bit more for their chances to go far and maybe have that battle with the Lakers and you know, you know, who you know, maybe the Jazz give them trouble, Sun, stuff like that. But yeah, I think I think conference finals, but not getting shellacked. Uh, they would have to be like a game or two from going to the finals to still be a very successful season. But maybe a successful season is Paul George playing like uh, Scottie Pippen in a, in a playoff series is what I'm getting at here. All right. We'll stop with the Paul George talk, though. I think it's fascinating. Uh, our next game here, Suns got a big night from their bench. Uh, they crushed the Heat, 106-86. This is just worth noting here because on a night when Booker and Chris Paul, and I don't believe this is a typo, guys, combined for 17 points. The two of them, those two like all-star, all-NBA-ish players, 17 points combined, and the Suns still win by 20? I mean, it was the bench was awesome. Campaign, 14 points, 7 assists, uh, for, to, to help lead that bench to score 65 points total. And you had Cam Johnson chipping in 15, Torrey Craig 14, Saric 13, even Javon Carter, who I really like. Like, Javon Carter is like your third sort of like point guard. That's good. That's awesome. Uh, especially when there's like... Maybe a guy like Chris Paul doesn't have it going that night, and you can get him out there with some of these other guys. He had nine points, three three-pointers. Anyway, the Suns get this great victory. Again, totally flying under the radar. They've won 10 of their last 11, including three in a row, and they've improved to uh, 
what, are they like 39 and 15, 38 and 15? I don't have it right in front of me, but they're uh, not too far behind the uh, Utah Jazz, who I know have 40 wins at this point. So just an awesome victory again from the Suns. I did think it was really fun to see Brian Windhorse. I was watching this game on the Suns broadcast. <laughs> they had Brian Windhorse in like a small box in the corner. I saw that. Yeah, and they had, so they had him on, and they're just like, you know, I guess they're just doing the classic thing of like, Hey, what's the national media talking, thinking about the Suns? You know, where where do they fall in the power rankings and all that? So it was it was sort of cool. But one of the questions Trey was, Monty Williams is he the favorite right now for Coach of the Year? And uh, you know, we haven't actually done a lot of like award talk with some mm. of these other awards. Obviously, we talk about the MVP race every three days here on the show. But like, is it Monty Williams? Is it Quinn Snyder? Is it someone else that maybe uh, you know, like Tom Thibodeau, what he's done with the Knicks, like? Where would you have Monty Williams right now? Would he get your vote if the season ended today as coach of the year? This is a top five team offensively and defensively, which is pretty damn special. Third best net rating in the league. Phoenix Suns. Uh, is this all because of Monty or does like too much credit then immediately go to like a Chris Paul um, or even like a, a Jay Crowder, like the vets that are on the floor? What do you think? Yeah, does having Chris Paul as a coach on the floor jeopardize your <laughs> coach of the uh, coach of the year votes? I don't know. This is always one of the toughest um awards to decide on at the end of the season because there's always so many teams that have overachieved expectations. Like you're saying, uh, the Grizzlies would be in the mix here. The Knicks would be in the mix here with Tom Thibodeau, but they're a game over 500. I think what Monty Williams and the Suns have done is incredibly impressive to bring in a a big-time player and a high-usage player in Chris Paul and have him fit in perfectly. A lot of that certainly is Chris Paul being a great player and understanding how to make teams better wherever he goes, but it would have been very easy for the Suns to add a player like Chris Paul to feel the pressure from that move to then try and follow up their 8-0 run in the bubble last year and fall flat, but that hasn't happened at all. The Suns have gotten better as the season has continued. As we saw last night when they had an incredible bench performance, they had five guys from the bench go for double figures in the second half alone. There's a ton of confidence Amongst the Suns, I think Eddie Johnson on the broadcast last night said that the Suns have figured out the science of winning. Part of that is Chris Paul bringing a little bit of his uh, leadership DNA, but a lot of it is Monty Williams being there, building the foundation and integrating Chris Paul and just making it a seamless transition. So, yeah, you can definitely make a case for Monty Williams. He'll finish at least top three. And if you want to give him coach of the year, good by me. Okay, fair enough. I see a lot of people saying, well, what about Steve Nash? I don't think Steve Nash is going to win Coach of the Year. Despite, you know, obviously uh, with even a talented, talented team, like juggling in guys and finding some of these role players stepping up, it's impressive. He'll get some votes. Uh, But I do not think he will win this. I think it's Quinn Snyder, Monty Williams. I mean, I threw it out there sort of jokingly, but maybe I was semi-serious with the Nate McMillan. Will he get some votes with what uh, he's done turning the Hawks season around? I think it's possible. And Tom Thibodeau with the defense that he's got the Knicks playing and just being in a playoff race. Like, if they make, like, the if they're the sixth seed, the Knicks are, and they're just in the playoffs, they're a playing tournament, man, that's that's pretty Good. damn impressive. Yeah, that's uh, very, very impressive. So we'll see. Uh, Coach of the year race, some people don't care at all, but I don't know. Money Williams has got to be on the list, the short list. Chris Paul, by the way, had three steals in this game, pushed him to 2,311. He's fifth all time. In career steals, he passed uh, Maurice Cheeks, uh, who was uh, fifth on that list. But he will not be catching John Stockton, who is way, way, way ahead of everybody at the number one spot. But uh, good on Chris Paul. All right. The other games, notes that I'll throw at you, Trey. 
Durant and the Nets beat the Timberwolves uh, 127-97 in the rescheduled game. They played that one in the afternoon. Durant looked awesome in that. Kuzma netted 24 to help lift the Lakers past the shorthanded Hornets, 101-93. The NBA leading Jazz, I I looked it up, 41 wins for the Jazz, 39 for the Suns. The reason I was hesitant, it was really weird. Sometimes basketball reference, which is sort of my go-to, takes a while to update in the morning. That's right. You know, when we're getting ready for the show, it's somewhat earlier. Like, sometimes I'll get ready for Woe Boy, and it, like, won't update, like, the best games from last night. It's like, what's going on over there at Basketball Reference? Like, I thought it was all just, like, I don't know. There's not a human doing it, right? Like, they're just pulling from actual <laughs> box scores. So I don't know why there's a delay sometimes. <laughs> But anyway, uh, Jazz have 41 wins and the Suns have 39 now. So the Jazz won again. They beat the Thunder, uh, who picked up their seventh straight loss. But uh, Dort time, baby. We'll get to him in a second. And then uh, Bogdanovich and Capella led the Hawks. Pass my raps, 107-103. So, yeah. I know we're going to get to, uh, well, we got some, well, I was going to call it dinner, dinner beef. But I guess it's breakfast beef uh, here for us uh, in a second. But Dort, with the 42 points, is pretty special. Seven, Seven threes. It was only his second game back from the concussion protocol. Uh, it kept him out for like seven games there. Just a reminder with Dort that this guy is the best contract in the NBA by far, even if he's not scoring 42 points because he's an elite lockdown defender. Um, and yes, the Jazz won the game. Don't get upset, Jazz fans. Like, you should beat the Thunder. Don't get me wrong. Even though you had to come back and then you sort of gave it away a little bit, but you got the victory. But Dort, $1.5 million this year, $1.7 million next year, $1.9 million in 2022-23. He turns 22 years old next week. He is young. Uh, so it's fun to uh, celebrate Dort on Dort Day here, April 14th. Uh, incredible game. Like, this guy can score. He can catch. He can, he can get in the rhythm to hit a bunch of threes, which obviously gets his scoring up. He took 31 shots straight. 30, <laughs> like, I know That's the Thunder awesome, are leaning into the uh, tank here, which, you know, is the reason why Dort's taking 31 shots. But the guy was hitting, you know, more than half them. Yeah, 7 of 11 from 3, a hilarious 3 of 7 from the free throw line. Yeah. Just step back, shoot your free throws from the 3, why not? Maybe it'll go in, but um, I don't know. When you see a guy like Lou Dort score 41 points on 32 attempts, it just makes you think every NBA player could score 40 points if they really got this many attempts. It was incredible from Dort. The guy's a tough matchup uh, just because of the, the strength he brings, but uh, great stuff from Dort. I love seeing him have a nice game because I know it's going to go off in the stream team the next day. Uh, so yeah, I also saw um, the Thunder. Uh, they tweeted out a clip from Lou Dort's game last night, and they said, "Cut my life into pieces. This is my Lugans Dort." I died. I I saw that tweet too. <laughs> too I good. Hope, I hope we just didn't uh, take JD's tweet of the night there. But my God, I was laughing. Also, the Jazz broadcast of Matt Harpering on the call. He loves saying Dort just as much as we do. Every single time you could drop a dort, 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 he was doing so. And it's a, you can see why. It's it's very, very contagious uh, as the stream team literally just no keeps doubt. writing dort and uh, sports center more like dort center. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Scott. So good one. Good one, good one. Dort for sport. Sure. I love them all. The um, people's dort. Yes. The pe- <laughs> That's a good shirt, too. That's a good shirt. Jesus. There's a lot of dort puns. That's so fun. No doubt. Um, before we get to the big beef, rookie Anthony Edwards after the game there, um, uh, was it prior to the game or after the game? I think it was after the game, uh, was asked Tuesday about Alex Rodriguez being the, you know, in, in theory, the new Timberwolves owner. And Edwards said, quote, I don't know who that is. 
I know he's going to be the owner, but I don't know anything about baseball. So he's a young kid. Like, okay, he's, I get it. he's 20, right? Whatever. And I don't know. When, when was the last time Alex Rodriguez was like socking dingers? You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's been five know. or six seasons that he's right. been retired. So okay. a little bit. So, I mean, is, was Anthony Edwards trolling us here a little bit? Was it like, you know, he is, he is a hilarious quote machine already. Like, he is gold. Like, he is just, he's so hilariously honest that it makes for, like, such a refreshing interview because he either is, like, yeah, messing around with everybody or he's just doesn't care enough or I don't know what it is. But do you believe him that he doesn't know who Alex Rodriguez is, is what I'm getting at here? Like, do you truly believe that? I don't know. I don't know. I saw the clip also going around of him um, in the preseason apparently saying, if I would have stuck with baseball, I could have made it to the major leagues. And this one is a hilarious interview because the interviewer is like, really? He's like, yeah, I played third base, shortstop, pitcher and center field. And she's like, oh, those are the premier positions. He's like, yeah. And I batted fourth and fifth. What does that mean? <laughs> She's like, that's the cleanup hitter. He's like, that's right. Clean up on aisle three. Know. The man knows about baseball. And he uh, is super quotable. He has to know a little bit about Alex Rodriguez. He knows who Alex Rodriguez is. This news uh, that A-Rod was going to be buying part of the Timberwolves, it broke not last night. It wasn't like he's no. getting caught off guard about this. He would have had a chance at least to look up A-Rod. Uh, you know, A-Rod's not a hard guy to find. He does media stuff. He's still active on the internet and obviously a legend in the baseball game. I think he's fooling a little bit here mm. and it was hilarious. Oh, it's, I mean, if he is fooling, he's uh, it's a pretty damn good actor because it's like believable that he doesn't totally. know who Alex Rodriguez is. And also maybe that is the case. Like maybe, I mean, I guess... Is it is it just strange that you could play baseball when you were younger, obviously, at a time when Alex Rodriguez was one of the better players in the game, like whether or not you liked him, but you would think you would just know enough about the sport, maybe, that you were playing, or you're boasting that you were good enough to play quite well at a higher level, but not know, like, the players in the league? Like, it'd be like, it'd be like a younger version of you and me, I guess, playing basketball... Uh, like on a youth team, but not knowing, like obviously not Jordan, like Alex Rodriguez is not that high, but like who would it be? Like what would be the equivalent? I'm trying to think. Like um, who's the '90s basketball like, equivalent of Alex Rodriguez? Uh, yeah, Reggie Miller is it? Is like sure. is it Reggie Miller? I mean, he played in a much smaller market, Indiana versus uh, New York. Right. I, I mean, mean that, like a, a Hall of Fame player who has uh, a lot of classic moments. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they should have asked him about an Atlanta Brave. They'd be like, uh, are you are you familiar with Andrelton Simmons? He was a gold glove shortstop when you were living here in Georgia as well. Oh, sure. Andrelton, number 19, one of the greatest arms in the league. Okay. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, um, I don't know. It seems impossible to me. That an athlete would not know about A. I know. I don't know. But then again, just, <laughs> oh, okay. you don't know about Dr. Alex Rodriguez from Inman Park Dentistry? <laughs> you don't know anything, Anthony Edwards? Oh, man. Fox 5 coming up on Fox 5. Uh, all right. So let's get to uh, what continues to be, you know, we talk about how great this season has been for the wedgies, but... I mean, arguably just as good for Big Beef, though I know we first just started tracking it this year, but it feels like we're getting more of these games than, I don't know, the last couple of years at least. No doubt. I've been busy at the butcher shop this week, and Clint Capella had me back on the block last night, slicing and dicing. JD, roll that beautiful beef footage. 
Clint Capella had 21 rebounds. That's a lot of roast beef. Unfortunately, there was an interruption in the beef supply chain. I could only find one single rebound. Nonetheless, did you see his quote? We got a beef beef. No dunks. We love roast beef, which is rebounds. Hey man, you said basketball reference didn't update their stats. Uh, My beef guy didn't come through with the beef clips either. Oh, what a bummer. I was up last night refreshing the box score. Refreshing, refreshing. When is that 21 going to turn blue so I can rip all these clips and slice up that beef? Never happened. I went to bed thinking, all right, the beef will be there in the morning. Nope. No beef. Kind of a bummer, but uh, I don't know. Beefs are hard to find. Rebound highlights are hard to find if they're not coming from no dunks. So I watched a couple of Capella highlight mixes from last night. Yeah. That's all there was, was that one tip in there. Ugh. But nonetheless, he still gave us a great quote about it. He said, I think I'm the best rebounder in the game. You don't hear that very often, but he's got a claim. That's his third beef of the season, right behind Ennis Cantor and Rudy Gobert, tied with Jonas Valanciunas and Andre Drummond. Capella is also leading the league in rebounds per game right now. He's first in total rebound percentage, first in offensive and defensive rebounding percentage. By the numbers, he's the best beefer out there. Wow. All right. Wow. What's going So this makes more sense with this uh, basketball reference not updating uh, as early as it usually does. There, there was a... Something's there was something, up, something was up with the technology that the league was using last night uh, that was delaying everything, beef included. The beef's going to go bad. You can't leave beef, like, hanging around after a game. Yeah. Jesus, I don't know, unless it's packed in like a freshly box, maybe that can last a little bit longer. <laughs> um, but interesting, interesting. Okay, yeah, well, congrats yeah. to uh, congrats to Compella on his other beef. And yeah, our 20th volume of Big Beef this season. How? I mean, are you going to continue this in the playoffs? I guess Big Beef in the playoffs, that's even more special. That's yeah, tougher probably. Yeah, a little postseason beef, a little prime rib. That's, that's nice. Of course I'll continue it. Uh, okay. I wonder how high we'll get on the number. There are 22 20 rebound games this season. We've had a couple of double ups in the volumes. But shout out to Adam Lefko. He dropped, that's a lot of roast beef, on TNT last night. I've been messaging with him for the entire season. He's like, someday there's going to be a 20 rebound game on a Tuesday. It finally happened. Yes. Shout out to Adam Lefko. Thanks for listening. Thanks for dropping a big beef. Um, now maybe talk to somebody about releasing those clips. Bequeath the beef. We need to see the rebounds, my oh, man. Bequeath the beef. Yeah, shout out to Lefko. That was awesome. I saw people tweeting about that. Great stuff. All right, we're going to hit the beach here in a second. Tease you a little bit for today's uh, later Beach Devon podcast, 3 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, if you want to join us live for that. But first. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. 
Head over to MichelobeUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, we're jealous of Lily down on a real beach. So let's just pretend we're uh, kicking the sand around, splashing it around the little water mm. while we read some emails and tweets. <laughs> yeah, it was a really weird intro to that. I understand. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you do this a million times. You try and keep it creative, and sometimes weird things come out of your mouth. That's just the way it is, guys. Oh, my God. Look at this monster from the sea. Lee Ellis. So for all you podcast listeners, we're showing a photo of Lee and his long locks and his snorkel equipment down in... Uh, where the hell is this guy, by the way? Turks and Caicos? I believe that's where that's he right. is. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Turks and Caicos. Oh, man. He is having the time of his life. Uh, I look like he does got some sunscreen on there. I'm pretty happy with that. Maybe a rash <laughs> guard there as well. So, uh, shout out to Lily. Wow. Okay. First question as uh, we hit the beach here. <laughs> hey, guys. I, I, just wanna, I just wish we had a Kevin Harlan drop so he could... <laughs> he does look like a creature from the sea there, doesn't it's he? It's surprising to see Lee with his glasses off, right? Like, I yeah. think that's the thing for me is uh, you can focus so much more on those gorgeous locks. Yeah, do you think uh, those um, those goggles there are Felix Grace? <laughs> is that possible even? Yeah, there's no way he can see his shirt because it blocks all the blue light. I mean, if anybody needs to be wearing Felix Grays while we're on the beach, it's us because that's where we always go to read emails and tweets. <laughs> so it makes great sense. Point. Yeah, you got to still filter out that blue light. Okay. Uh, hey, guys. First question here. Big fan of the show since the starters days. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The MVP race is still pretty wide open. Hmm. But I'm hoping Jokic wins it because it would be awesome to see a former second round pick win the award. Technically speaking, the only second rounder to win the award was Willis Reed in 1970, but he was the 10th overall pick. There were only nine teams in the league when he was drafted in 64. Jokic was picked 41st overall. I do forget about that. Uh, In other words, a Jokic MVP would be a first for the modern NBA. Personally, Given the rise of analytics and the global reach of scouts nowadays, I think Jokic could set a record that stands the test of time as the lowest draft pick to ever win MVP. Do you think Jokic will go down as the best second round pick ever? Thanks. That's from Dirk, all the way from the Netherlands. It's a good question. I I do forget a lot of the time that Jokic was a second round pick and then he went 41st overall. Um, If he wins it, maybe even even if he doesn't trade, is it possible that Jokic does go down as the best second-round pick ever? 
It's certainly possible. I was just thinking recently about, I remember seeing Jokic in his first summer league. I remember him vividly throwing a sick pass from the right wing. Then I went and looked everything up. Who is this guy? Mm. He's behind Joffrey Laverne on the depth chart. Must just be some project. I wonder if we'll ever hear from him again. I just thought he was some dude. You know, there's a lot of skilled seven footers out there, but there aren't a lot of them who actually turn into incredible players who make a run at the MVP. Obviously, Jokic did that. He's got some competition, though, for uh, the best second-round picks ever. Draymond Green is in the mix. Three-time champ, three-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, Defensive Player of the Year, five-time All-Defense member. Marc Gasol, also in the mix. Yep. Champion, All-Star three times, All-NBA twice, Defensive Player of the Year again, and only one-time All-Defense. Must have been the area one DPOY. Or is that not right? No, I don't think it is. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. So he had two honored defensive seasons, yeah. but I think the guy you would probably pick as the best second round draft pick ever currently, Manu Ginobili, four-time yeah. champ, two-time all-star, two-time all-NBA, sixth man of the year, obviously a Spurs legend. These guys are all champions and they all have individual accolades. Jokic is 26 right now. He's already a three-time all-star, already a two-time all-NBA player. He's going to be adding to that number this season. Obviously, he'll be first team All-NBA. And he has a chance, like you said, Skeets, at the ultimate individual accolade. Getting that MVP title will be tough this season without Murray, but he's only 26. He's got the time. I don't think Jokic is there quite yet, Mm. but it's certainly in play. And he also has the factor added for him that that Draymond and Manu do where they're kind of like the best known at something you know like mm-hmm. Manu Ginobili is probably the best sixth man of his generation Draymond is maybe the most versatile defender of his generation and really ushered in the wave of a small ball five who makes your team ultra switchable Jokic is going to have that being the best passing big man ever so when it's all said and done I think it's quite likely that Jokic is the best second round pick ever I think you just knocked that one out of the park. I agree with everything you're saying. I think still it's Ginobili. Um, but then I think in terms of just ranking them just overall talent and like uh, ceiling, uh, I think it is Jokic. Like, like I think Jokic is a better basketball player than Draymond Green. But Draymond Green, of course, has more accolades because mm-hmm. he's got the championships and stuff like that. I think the interesting one, if he didn't get injured and he had like that three-year window, window that where he was like on fire, Gilbert Arenas... Yeah. Looked like, you know, he was going to be, at a time, it looked like he was going to be like a guy that was going to be like an eight or nine time All-NBA player. Obviously came up short there. Um, and Paul Millsap is not like on the level of some of these guys. Maybe he's closer to like a Mark Gasol a little bit and he's probably even still below him. But a second round pick has had a long, long career and has made All-Star teams and has put up points uh, and has, you know, again, played really well for a long time being a second round pick. But yeah, Ginobili won, Jokic too, but man, I definitely think it's possible that Jokic could go down as the best second rounder of all time, especially with an MVP or two, a championship or two, like as the best player, like, because that's the thing, Ginobili was never, he's Draymond Green, like in the sense that he was on great teams and he was an unbelievable player, but probably never, probably never the best player on that squad. I mean, he's playing with Tim Duncan for crying out loud, like. Yeah, exactly. We never yeah. got to see Manu have his own team, uh, right. which if he did. You're, you're talking about more All-NBA appearances 100%. and more All-Star appearances. The guy was making All-Star games coming off the bench. Pretty yeah. crazy. That's wild. All right, great question there from Dirk. Uh, one more here, Trey. Uh, again, like I said, we got so many good ones. We can't get to uh, all of them on today's Beach Seven podcast, but let's get this one in here. Hey, No Dunkers. I was out on a run the other day listening to a No Dunks classic, and I saw this sign that said, Lemon Sweet Rolls are back! <laughs> As I read that, I heard TK's voice yell it which I just did. So here's my question. 
What podcasts or shows have you listened to enough times that you hear specific voices from those shows say things in your head? And what other foods do you wish were back? Thanks for the awesome <laughs> podcast. I started watching the starters in eighth grade and have been a loyal listener and fan ever since. Skeets actually inspired me to start running too. Hey. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. That's from Caitlin. JD, what you got for us? Yeah, so um, for, uh, I guess, three or four weeks, about a month ago, uh, Lincoln would walk around constantly saying this phrase. Here it is. Do I look like I know what a JPEG is? (laughs) I just want a picture of a goddamn hot dog. (laughs) Oh my god, that's too good. Too good. I know, and... I, I didn't even know that he had watched King of the Hill, and I don't think that he had watched King of the Hill. It, it was just he came across that meme. <laughs> I was not and, expecting uh, that. I gotta be <laughs> and he was just always saying it, always making me laugh. And uh, you know, if you watch the show, you know that I used I used oh that as a cold open a couple of weeks ago, and it was just so random. And uh, but you know, it's been nothing but King of the Hill around here. The, the 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 last month and a half just because we started watching it because of that and uh, it holds up by the way it's like a 20 year old over 20 year old show and it still holds up but so uh, yeah he just walks around going bobby you know i can't do it like he's <laughs> so you, good you, at honestly it. play that clip again because i that is spot on especially if you're just listening to the podcast tell yeah. me this is not uh uh hank here do i look like i know what a jpeg is I just want a picture of a goddamn hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, it's that so good. is good. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so anyways. A lot of King of the, the Hill going around. A lot of King of the Hill, and it's great. Uh, Can't kill. One of the all-time classic characters. The, it's the it's the what? You know, like yeah. adding yeah, the H. Right like really, right out of the really back. emphasizing that H. And uh, second part of the question, or the first part of second about part, the, I guess the, the food. Second part about the food. So not me, but my wife Rachel. Um, <laughs> every time we talk about getting ice cream, back in two thousand and three, when X two came out, that's the sequel to X Men. Uh, Baskin <laughs> Robbins had uh, <laughs> they released this ice cream. Uh, what is it called? It's called X Mint. Right. So it's like Oreo mint, like with a blue mint in it. So every time she's like, we got to find this X mint. Like it's it lasted (laughs) for literally three months in 2003. And it's and it's all it's it's gone. We've never been able to find it, but it's basically Oreo mint. But I found this picture of it and it looks disgusting. Disgusting. Oh, like, look at it. That looks so gross. A black and blue ice cream. I don't know. Yeah, but oh my god, it's this is her literally her favorite ice cream of all time. Wow. And uh, we wish it would come back, I guess. But man, it 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 definitely tastes a lot better than it looks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Wow. God, I am. Uh, I am glad you put your hand up, JD, to answer this question because you just knocked it out of the park with both parts of it. Trey, do you have anything? Either of those two questions from Caitlin? Uh, Jason Concepcion, I've listened to a ton of his podcasts. Most recent was when I was doing my Marvel rewatch. I was listening to Binge Mode at the same time. So, you know, there were times when things would line up perfectly for me. A couple of them were during the Doctor Strange episode. Uh, The villain is Dormammu. And, like, Benedict Cumberbatch (laughs) walks in and he's like, Dormammu. <laughs> so I was just saying Dormammu because Jason just kept doing this bit for the longest time. 
another one that I picked up that I really liked from him was uh, his Smart Hulk from Endgame. You know, when Bruce Banner has kind of mastered being in between uh, Banner and the Hulk and he's yeah. wearing glasses. And it feels like he just keeps saying, Bleaker! and Sullivan. I don't know. I thought Jason nailed that one as well. So those are two that stuck out to me from the past six months or so. Dormammu. I'm here to bargain. Dormammu. Mine with the uh, like the podcast question part of this is actually by osmosis. It's not even a podcast that I listen to, but I sort of half listen to because Nora at times is playing it throughout the house if she's cooking. And it's uh, My Favorite Murder. Uh, which is obviously mm-hmm. a, a hugely popular podcast. She's been listening to it forever. She is a murderino. And Georgia Hardstark, if I think I have the right uh, woman, that uh, there's two of them that, that host it, that always says or always ends every episode asking her cat, Elvis, do you want a cookie? She always <laughs> asks her cat, well, I believe the cat, is, the cat has passed away uh, now, but uh, I think they continue to play the clip in the cat's honor, in Elvis's honor. But I'm always like... Anytime there's a cookie, I'm saying, Elvis, do you want a cookie? <laughs> to like whoever's around, even to myself. If I'm just helping myself to a cookie, I make sure to say it. So uh, that's, a, that's a strange one. And it's, again, it's like I've never actually downloaded the podcast and listened to it myself. It's just from playing in the house for the last, like, whatever, 10 years or however long they've been going, five years, something like that. So that's mine. As for a food that I wish was back, uh, it's, well, it's more of a drink. I've told you guys before. Canada Dry Raspberry Ginger Ale, a seasonal beverage that should be year-round. I'm convinced they stopped making it. I'm sure it's back out there somewhere. Maybe it's on Amazon. I don't know. But I just remember a time growing up in Canada where it would start showing up in the stores around the holidays, of course, and it was a great, great ginger ale with that raspberry flavor. And then they really leaned into the cranberry. And I guess that was selling more than the raspberry because I think they just got Mm. rid of it in Canada. So... Uh, yeah, if you find Canada Dry Raspberry Ginger Ale, buy yourself one and thank me later. It's, I don't even know if they still make it, but I wish it was back in my life, I'll tell you that. Yeah. It's delicious. Oh, I love it. Ginger, ginger Ale, man, underrated overall. Ginger Ale's good, <laughs> yeah, and most of the flavors, I feel like, that they come out as variants are usually pretty good. Yes. But, you know, I guess, um, unfortunately, Cranberry has won the berry battle over raspberry. I think so. It's certainly more often put into, you know, like a random drink of... Whatever, whatever, maybe a Cran Sprite or a Cran yeah. 7-Up or whatever it is. Cran. You never eat a cranberry by itself. Very rare. But you often see it in a drink. Yeah. Yeah, Big Cran taking down a little raspberry. Big Cran. Uh, so there <laughs> taking it is. down a little raz. Let's, uh, let's hear your answers to Caitlin's great questions there. Two questions uh, in one email. Uh, let us know in the YouTube comments below. We got Tweet of the Night still, but first... And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers, I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, 
no fools at security who still don't know that yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mac Weldon though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air-knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak Polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. JD, Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Well, Tassie came through with, uh, for me this morning. He just randomly, he knew, he instinctively knew that I wasn't going to be ready for this. So nice. he sent me this tweet. So shout out to Tassie. And it's from, uh, <laughs> okay. it's from Yuki Nagasato, who plays for Racing Louisville FC in the NWSL. And it reads, I learned today what is dat ass. A friend said, I'm a bring dad ass when another one said, I'll bring red wine and dad ass as well. And I was like, okay, is that drink or is it food? I found this picture, which is a picture of an ass that says dad ass. (laughs) And uh, I found this picture and figured out later they will bring their butt shrug emojis. Of course they will. Right. Yuki, of course they will bring their butts. And I, you know, as a, as an immigrant to this country who speaks English fluently, I mean, it's it's a lot already. But to come to this country and not speak the language in all seriousness, it's just shout out to everybody who had to learn English and navigate how complicated it is with the slang and stuff. Right. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, but a great tweet. And, uh, you know, I love that picture. Yeah, the picture really takes it to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, I mean, you almost, you almost don't need the picture for the tweet, but no. it, it's a nice uh, mwah, chef's kiss there on this tweet. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Dada. So, I mean, I don't even know if I knew this. They just, always, they're just saying, I'm coming. Like, I'm bringing that ass, as yeah, in I'm bringing it. myself. Yeah, I mean, that's just it. I kind of don't get it either, unless it's like saying I'm going to bring my girlfriend or my boyfriend or my Mm. significant other, you know, like, or that ass over there. I mean, it's hard. (laughs) It's hard to understand. I mean, but she's like, she's like, well, of course you're going to bring your ass. Like, 
you're coming. It's attached right. to your body, so you know, of course you're bringing it. It's hold it's on, complicated hold on. Let me just weird. fire up a 15 minute lesson on Babel here. <laughs> I think I have a dad ass dad ass episode that I was saving for later. Uh, let's get into it. Okay. Wow. That's a weird tweet of the night, uh, That's a weird but uh, <laughs> if Tass was helping you out, then it all makes a little bit more sense. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, picking results from last night: Celtics Blazers. Boston was favored by one and a half. They got the win, but they did not win in the pick'em. That is a tough L for Trey Kirby. <gasps> by far the worst type of loss, right, Trey? And when it comes to pick'em, like oh, you had the right team, but it's such a tiny line that the Blazers actually cover. Ugh. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Especially when you got Marcus Smart going to the free throw line. Yeah. He's got two free throws to make, right? He misses the first one, not on purpose. And then once you see Brad Stevens yelling at him, miss this next one, miss this next one, you're like, okay, mark that down as an L. Sorry. Well, yeah, and then even sometimes we've seen people try and miss free throws and they hit them. So yeah. it's like still in play <laughs> yeah. for you to get the victory. But anyway, Trey's doing okay. He's 6-3 and three here in the month of April. Task got it right. I got it right, and so did Lily by way of JD, all taking the Blazers to cover, and like we pulled it out of our asses there. Uh, we pulled it out of our dead asses there on that one. So uh, Tass is six and three, Lee five and four. I'm three and six. I'm still quite behind tonight's game. Mavericks at Grizzlies. Dallas is favored by two and a half between these two teams, uh, sort of near the lower end of the Western Conference playoff races right now. Let's find out who Tass has first, JD. Let's go to him. Okay. Oh, I'm looking forward to this one because Mavs Grizzlies is a potential play-in tournament preview. Luka Doncic said he doesn't get the play-in tournament. Then Mark Cuban backed up his superstar's worth and said it's a dumb idea. Well, if they don't want to be in the play-in tournament, they're going to have to win some games. I think they'll back up their words in this one. Give me the Mavs. All right. I like his reasoning. He takes Dallas to win by three or more. Trey, where are you going with this one? Yeah, I'm with uh, Tassie on this one. Mavericks have been playing pretty well. I'm guessing that Porzingis is going to be back in the lineup. I would say this is a potential big beef game for Jonas Valanciunas. He could easily go for a 20-board kind of night. But, you know, with all the noise that uh, the Mavs have been making about how they feel about the play-in tournament, winning the game's a good way to get out of it. Give me Dallas. All right, I will go with the Grizzlies. Uh, You know, I've talked them up here a lot on the show. I love this second half run. I think you're right. Valanchunas versus Porzingis is an interesting matchup. I mean, they can both give each other problems. Um, So who's... Who comes out victorious in that battle if KP is playing? Can like the three ball or at least stretching the floor and bringing Valanchunas out sort of take him off the floor? Or can JV like just body him up and throw him around, get him in foul trouble, and maybe that helps the Grizzlies? I'll go with Memphis uh, plus two and a half. I don't know. Is John Morant, uh, he, he, I assume he's playing in this game, right? Um, oh, yeah, because he, he, was, yeah. he was playing in his last game yeah. throwing down those hoops. He should be good to go. So Memphis plus two and a half. Uh, JD, who do you like? Yeah, for Lee, I am going to not pick Memphis because they let me down, let us down. Oh, no. Um, so I, I'm going to go with the Grizzlies for good old Lee Aquaman! Ah! Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, so hold on. Oh, you just said you're, you're, not, you're not picking... You said you're not picking Memphis, but you're going with the Grizzlies. Oh, did I say that? I, I, meant, I, meant, I meant to say Mavericks. I'm not okay. picking the Mavericks. I'm picking the Grizzlies. Okay. One more time on Aquaman. Aquaman! Ah! <laughs> 
incredible work, JD. You're killing it today, no man. Doubt, All right. Man. So uh, once again, Lee slash JD and I have the Grizzlies plus two and a half and Tass and Trey, who are the leaders right now in April. They got Dallas to win by three or more. Good luck, everybody. All right, guys. Email us your NBA questions for the next Beach Step and Podcast, nodunksattheathletic.com. Tweet them in at nodunksinc. Leave them in the YouTube comments. Help us defeat the algorithm while you're doing that. We will be back today, 3 p.m. Eastern, live on YouTube if you want to join us then. If not, don't worry. We drop it in your podcast feed as soon as humanly possible. Like, comment, and subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube, though. We've eclipsed 36,000 subs. Let's get that up to 40K here in the next week. We've slowed down, if we're being completely honest. I felt like it's still ticking up, and we appreciate y'all. But let's get it up to 40K here. I don't know, by the end of next week at the very least. That's yeah. asking for okay. the, That's okay. not asking a lot, right? Okay, there we sure. go. 4,000 more subs by the end of next week. That'd be great. And then go grab your No Dunks merch at nodunks.com and make sure you subscribe to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks so they know that we sent you. If you haven't signed up already, just excellent work over there from all of our reporters. Other great podcasts as well, even just in the NBA world. Um, so go check that out, theathletic.com slash nodunks. Fun show, guys. Thanks to the stream teamers for joining us. We'll see you later today. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, do I look like I know what a JPEG is? I just want a picture of a goddamn hot dog. Embrace the day, people. Mm-hmm.